Inspired by a pastime for washed-up celebrities, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that really misses erasable bond typing paper. When he was born, he was so ugly the doctor slapped his mother. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I am so happy to have you joining us today, and I'm hoping that we uh, do some good things having to do with Medicare. It's uh, an important subject. It's a subject that gives people a lot of trepidation, especially as they approach their encounter with Medicare, and that encounter may occur at age 65, or if uh, they're employed and covered by an employer's group health insurance plan, that encounter may not occur until many years after they turn 65, but the day of reckoning typically occurs at some point. So my life's work is to make that day of reckoning an actually a uh, rewarding experience for the person who is facing Medicare enrollment. And I do that by means of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Men. The current edition is 2023. So if you were to go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and put in the search window, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, you would visualize, you would see the first or the uh, current copy of my book. And that would be any one of several types of uh, uh books or uh, I would say volumes. You've got your uh, e-book, your your, uh, Kindle version, which is probably the least expensive. You've got your Audible book that you can listen to if you like. You've got your paperback book. That's the workhorse of the uh, collection. And then if you uh, are kind of a highfalutin kind of person, you can buy the $22 hardcover version which is a magnificently crafted uh, volume that you can share with your grandchildren, put them up on your lap and read to them about Medicare. And they'll grow up uh, with all of the knowledge that I have once uh, you've gotten through the whole book and getting through the book won't take very long. I would say that if you don't move your lips when you read, and if you don't take too many sips from your martini, you'll be finished with that book within probably an hour and 10 minutes after you start. And you will have acquired all of the Medicare knowledge absolutely necessary in this day and age. And if you have questions, if I haven't been as clear as I might have been, all you have to do is find my email address, write me and ask me for clarification or ask me to help you fulfill your Medicare uh, your Medicare protection against high medical bills by providing you with the ancillary insurance plans that will go right along with Medicare, hand in glove, and complete your protection. So that's what you should do. And by golly, um, <laughs> I don't get to order people around very much, but I'm enjoying uh, giving you excellent advice. Buy Medicare for the Lazy Man, absorb the contents, and then let's complete your Medicare protection, shall we? Randy has 
excellent Medicare protection, but that's because he married a woman who did his thinking for him, and uh, she did exactly the right thing. Randy has a Medicare supplement in addition to Medicare. He can go to any doctor he wants to anytime he wants to. He doesn't have to ask for permission. He doesn't have to risk being turned down. He doesn't have to share the cost with a bunch of uh, bean counters and a, a Medicare Advantage plan. And uh, he seems to be a happy camper. Is that uh, I am. a correct description? I am. I'm very much a happy camper. I couldn't have done it myself. Margaret is a wonderful researcher. And uh, when I, you know, as you know, I have the same reaction to uh, researching insurance as a lot of guys, at least initially, was, oh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. It's, it could, could give you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Margaret did a wonderful job getting me set up for my Medicare. And I agree. As, as you know, I've been through a couple different things over the last couple of years. It's a good thing she did uh, because it was pretty pricey. Yes, absolutely. Could have been a, a, a budget buster for you. But in yeah. your case, since you had Medicare supplement, it turned out not to be. There are a lot of Medicare Advantage people running around out there that don't realize that if disaster strikes, they're going to wind up writing big fat checks to pay the portions of their medical bills that the Medicare Advantage plans aren't going to pay. And so us, uh, those of us with Medicare supplement plans sitting in the catbird seat, if disaster should strike. Yeah. I, I mean, I was amazed. I mean, obviously I would have preferred to be not in the hospital, but sure, absolutely. Uh, ultimately when I found out how well my insurance performed, in terms of Medicare, as well as the supplement plan, uh, plan N, by the way. Uh, but anyway, boss, bottom line is it performed extremely well. And I don't, I can't say that this was, uh, you know, something that everybody's going to experience. I think they probably will get close to it. But I had a multi-hundred thousand dollar ticket. Yeah. And I think, and I think if I remember correctly, my out-of-pocket was $39. Yep, there you go. That's uh, that's the kind of uh, treatment that you can have in the world of Medicare supplement. And uh, that's what I keep telling people. And I keep telling people till I keel over. And uh, <laughs> I'm, they may haul me off and start spending money on me. I'm, I'm similar, similarly protected, so I'm not worried about it if, if that's my lot in life. By the way, you have a Medicare question for me, Al. I Back do. Well, let's I get do, to I it, do, shall I we? Do. I do. Let me let me get that thing warmed up here. And uh, I think last time we talked about uh, you know what the answer to can I change my Medicare Part D plan, and and the yes. answer to that is yes. Mm -hmm. Now now we are going to strike out on another question. Call. Let's see. It is I enrolled in Medicare Advantage. Uh oh. And want a Medigap plan. Yes, a Medigap is Medicare supplement. They're identical. Uh, they're synonymous terms. How can I switch plans and get away from that Part C that I don't like? Well, Randy, what does Part C stand for? Why do they crap. call it Part C? It oh, stands for go. crap. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a few states in the country, this uh, this victim of the Medicare Advantage salespeople would be able to change back to a Medicare supplement plan or a Medigap plan, as he calls it, he or she calls it, um, without any underwriting, without attention to their medical history. In most places, 
he would have to uh, earn the right to buy a Medicare supplement by answering health questions that the insurance company that he would like to buy the new product from would uh, put in front of him. They would say, here, uh, here's a list of uh, eight or 10 questions. Have you ever had this? Have you ever had that within the last two years? Have you been diagnosed with this or that? So you're going to generally have to prove evidence of good health. Only in a few areas will you not have to prove evidence of good health. But there are some elements that are some events that can open that door to you getting a Medicare supplement plan without showing evidence of good health. One of those is if your insurance is taken away from you. If that's the case, the government guarantees you the right to uh, uh, the insurance plan of your choice, and I would go for a Medicare supplement. Another uh, reason would be if you move out of your Medicare, uh, your, uh, Medicare Advantage service uh, area because they all have geographic limitations for the most part. And so if you leave the area that your plan operates in, then you can have a Medicare supplement plan. One other thing is if you joined your Medicare Advantage plan less than 12 months ago and you don't like it, as you just said you did, the uh, correspondent said they don't like it and they want to get out, get to a Medicare uh, supplement plan or a Medigap plan. If you've been in that Medicare Advantage plan less than a year, the government understands your pain and will give you a free pass to get into a Medicare supplement without having to answer any health questions. So those are some ways that you can get to a Medicare supplement plan, but it's not guaranteed if you have been in that Medicare Advantage plan for more than a year. You're going to have to look at some of the other circumstances, and you may have to fill out a health questionnaire. So I hope that was a thorough answer. Yes, it was. It scares me to death every time you give that answer because <laughs> people, what, what did they, they used to have a term back in the day called flim flam. Sure, they fall for the uh, the flim flam or the uh, uh, the God. There's another term too. Uh, there was a movie I liked very much called The Flim Flam Man. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. I just don't like anything about a Medicare Advantage plan because they, they sell them, uh, I think, with a little bit of uh, misconception. Oh, yeah, this doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Well, back, okay, that- I'm, from, I'm from Nebraska, out in the middle of nowhere. And back when we buy something, if it doesn't cost anything, what is it worth? Well, generally, it's worth what you paid for it, which is zilch. Now, I got to ask if you remember why, because we haven't uh, discussed this in quite some time. Do you know why there are 10 million Medicare Advantage salesmen and why they're crawling all over each other to sell you a Medicare Advantage plan? Well, I think, at least from my perspective, there's a couple reasons. One is is that they make quite a huge profit off each one that they sell. Ding, 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 ding. The commission. Yep. And they have absolutely okay. I'm not gonna. I'm. I will never say that there's not some honest person in that group because there is. I'm sure there is. Sure. But bottom line is, I think there's a lot of people in there that are more interested in uh, feathering their pocketbook than they are in getting you along the path towards a better Medicare existence. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be selling you Medicare Advantage plans. Okay. Well, the problem is that the uh, Medicare Advantage commission is something on the order of ten times more than the commission I earn when I sell somebody a high deductible or high value 
Medicare supplement plan. So that's a powerful incentive. And when these insurance companies go out and recruit new agents, they're often getting young, naive people that haven't seen the big picture. I've been around forever. You've been around for a long time, not as long as I have. I've been in the insurance business since, uh, oh, God, the last millennium. And I'll tell you right now, I know what's what. But many of these youngsters coming into the business and going out knocking on doors and and selling these Medicare Advantage plans are not aware of the damage that they're doing, potential damage that they're doing to their clients or to the U.S. economy as a whole. And so they're they're not always evil and greedy and avaricious. They're often ignorant. So I would agree because I've got, unfortunately, a situation uh, in my own family where one of my relatives decided he was going to sell Medicare Advantage plans. And unfortunately, um, he got a couple of them sold to family members. Oops. <laughs> I, I I wasn't happy about that at all, but, you know, well, it's a, I'm hoping, it's a, it's a free I'm hoping, country. I'm hoping they don't backfire. And frankly, you might remind him that if it's been less than 12 months, they still have an opportunity to get out of the Medicare Advantage and back to the Medigap or Medicare supplement plans. Otherwise, it could be some awkward holiday meals coming up. Yeah. Well, the other thing that that'll give you a, a pure, absolute clue as to how this all worked out long term is this person who was uh, able to peddle a couple of Medicare Advantage plans into my family is no longer in the business. So, uh, oh, okay. The, the other thing that you the other thing you mentioned is is that these these youngsters getting into the business they they don't know what they're getting into not only from a standpoint that they just don't know but they're also they don't know what damage they could be doing to people that they're selling this bogus crap to right but bottom line is once they discover that they can't they you know they can't stay in the business they're not a born salesperson they don't have the stick-to-itiveness or whatever the case may be they get out of the business so then the people that bought this plan uh, they're looking for somebody to service the plan, and everybody's looking the other way because really all they want to do is sell. Well, the, you're absolutely right. That's a sad state of affairs when somebody has sold a bill of goods. Oh, you can become a millionaire in this business, and then they find out the hard reality after having victimized a few of their clients. And so the best thing anybody can do for these clients is to say, you know, before you get sick, um, let's give some thought to trying to qualify for a Medicare supplement plan and uh, somebody should take them under their wings and uh, hopefully steer them in the right direction. But, uh, you know, as far as those people that used to be in the business, that's the nature of the insurance business. Um, And it's one of the things that responsible people like my family, my grandfather, my father, my cousins, they grappled with that all the time now what they were in life insurance not health insurance but the whole point is that when somebody comes into the business they want to do everything they can to help them succeed and it's a heartbreaker when people don't succeed but it's a fact of life that a vast majority of the people that come into the business won't succeed and will move on to something else so it's um it's not a an ideal situation for everyone and in in the um event of these people being sold these medicare advantage plans that do not serve them well. It's just a kind of an unfortunate um, fact of life that somebody should uh, take them under their wing and help them at least uh, see if they can't be uh, have their situations improved. Ooh, speaking of improvement, our federal government is going to improve our language. 
they have decided that certain things that we say are verboten and that they we must change our method of discussing certain subjects to comport with what they demand. And so I've got a big, thick article from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But some of their people, some of their highly paid executives, instead of preventing and controlling diseases, are foisting diseases on us. And in this case, they're telling us how we have to talk so that we don't hurt the feelings of their their little pet constituencies. This segment is about homelessness, and we have to change the way we talk in order not to hurt the feelings of the homeless people. Now, I don't know who spoke to the homeless people to find out that it hurts their feelings. I suspect nobody. I think maybe the people that are so woke and so um, concerned about all this stuff uh, just kind of made this stuff up because we get instruction as to what to say and what not to say all too often from these people. But under the subject of homelessness, we are not supposed to say homeless people anymore. We are not supposed to say the homeless, and we're not supposed to say words like transient populations. Instead of those things, here's our new marching orders. Here are our new, uh, our new expressions that we are uh, being told to use. People experiencing homelessness. And I saw this on a, an insurance application the other day. When I was uh, filling out an application, uh, it said, please provide the address of the applicant or check this box if they're experiencing homelessness. What the heck does that mean? Can't they just be homeless or not be homeless? No, that's uh, in the list of things that we can't say anymore. Also, persons experiencing unstable housing or housing insecurity or persons who are not securely housed. That makes it sound like they've got a house, but it's about to collapse. And, um, the final two items that we have to start using people experiencing unsheltered homelessness as opposed to the sheltered homelessness. Now, Randy's confused as heck right now. He's scratching his head going, what the heck? And then the final thing that we have to start using is clients or guests. I guess those terms are interchangeable. Let's say guests who are accessing homeless services. So instead of calling these people homeless, or like I call them, bums uh, or dope fiends, uh, we have to say clients or guests who are accessing homeless services. So uh, thank you, uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. You're not controlling or preventing anything but my temper. And uh, I'm going to have to take a couple of deep breaths when I think about this in the future. Hey, some good news about Medicare Advantage plans. We were talking about Medicare Advantage plans earlier. Uh, there is a Medicare Advantage plan that I've never heard of before up in Maine and New Hampshire. And I'm guessing it's not a real big one, but uh, they've been caught with their hands in the cookie jar, just like all the bigger Medicare Advantage plans. And to that end, they have been sued and um, forced to commit some of their resources to settle their fraudulent, uh, their their fraud claims. There have been claims against them, uh, fraudulent activity, and they've got to pay up in order to uh, uh, settle their uh, uh, activities uh, to, uh, you know, pay the fine for their their um, miscreant activity. So in Portland, Maine, uh, the Martin's Point Healthcare uh, Medicare Advantage Plan, they're going to have to pay. Twenty-two and a half million dollars to settle allegations 
that it violated the False Claims Act by submitting inaccurate diagnosis codes for Medicare Advantage enrollees, which caused the increase in reimbursements from Medicare. That's what these plans always like to do. In a whistleblower suit, attorneys for the U.S. government alleged that uh, from 2016 to 2019, Martin's Point Health Plan identified and submitted additional diagnosis codes that had not previously been submitted to Medicare. These beneficiaries are the, uh, the uh, Medicare participants living in Maine and New Hampshire had codes submitted that weren't supported by the patient's medical records, leading to higher payments from the government, according to a Department of Justice press relief. The government expects those who participate in Medicare Advantage to provide accurate information to ensure that proper payments are made for the care received by enrolled beneficiaries. Today's result sends a clear message to the Medicare Advantage community that the United States will take appropriate action against those who knowingly submit inflated claims for reimbursement. So I should tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what happens here is that if I, if Randy and I start our own Medicare Advantage plan, like Doug and Randy's Medicare Advantage plan, we go out and sign up a bunch of people by promising them that they'll get all this fantastic stuff for free and that it won't cost them anything to be covered by the plan. And if they get sick, we'll pay all of their bills and nothing bad will ever happen to them as a result of enrolling in our plan. Then we will uh, go to the government and say, okay, we signed up these clients for our plan now. Give us the money that you've promised to give all Medicare Advantage plans. So the federal government will pay us money, thousands of dollars every month for each of our enrollees, each of the clients who have purchased our Medicare Advantage plan. <clears throat> but we can go back to our clients and say, hey, We've got a health questionnaire here. We would like to find out if you've got any of the diseases listed in this health questionnaire. And uh, please help us answer the questions. Tell us about your health history. And then we take those and we might fudge them up a little bit. If there was a, I don't think I have diabetes, then we might say, thinks they have diabetes. We might uh, take our answers and juice them up a little bit, you know, kind of do a sales job take those back to the federal government and say, hey, you know that money you're giving us for our clients? Well, we found out that our clients are actually sicker than you were led to believe. And the government will say, well, I know it costs more money for your plan to take care of people who are sick in certain ways, who have certain medical conditions. So we'll just double what we are giving you. We're going to pay you additional money every month in order that you can cover the additional expenses uh, for treating these people that have the uh, medical conditions that we weren't aware of when you first enrolled them. So Martin's point apparently skipped the step where they went to the clients and asked them what sort of medical history they had or what sort of medical conditions they had. They just went right to the, let's fill out the forms and send them into the government. They would tell the government, hey, we discovered that a lot of our clients have these extra medical problems, and these problems are going to cost us a lot more money to treat. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to need more money from you, the government. And the government says, oh, okay, sure. We'll just start writing those checks for you. So here it is later in the article. It says it's a privilege for health plans to provide services to Medicare beneficiaries. It's not a right 
Medicare Advantage plan sponsors that submit inaccurate claim information in order to justify inflated payments undermined the financial integrity of the program. False and unsupported medical diagnoses indicate patients have medical conditions that they don't really have. And in the Medicare Advantage context, they cost the government millions of dollars. Actually, make that billions of dollars. The False Claims Act allows individuals to file lawsuits against the companies defrauding the government and to recover funds on the government's behalf. They are protected from job retaliation, although I can't believe it would be a lot of fun to work in a place like that after you've sued and won. Oh, and they're normally rewarded 15% to 25% of the recovery. So let's see, $22.5 million, uh, 15% of that, taking the conservative calculation. I could probably retire from my job where I was a whistleblower and uh, probably do just fine um, taking up my new hobby of knitting while I watch soap operas or something like that. And as long as we're talking about Medicare Advantage plans, let's just touch on this article that was curated for me before the curator left town. The corporate plan to murder Medicare runs through Medicare Advantage. If they can move more than half of Americans off of traditional Medicare and onto these corporate plans, it'll provide the political cover to kill off Medicare altogether, and they're nearly there now. Now, this is written by a guy who is on the opposite end of the political spectrum from me. And so his war against Medicare Advantage plans, I think, is not as pure as it should be. It's not for the benefit of the of the uh, people who are covered by Medicare Advantage plans, or that I would like to say victims of Medicare Advantage plans. This is a hatred of free enterprise that motivates these people. They don't like the fact that Medicare Advantage uh, plans are marketed by and administered by independent companies, uh, private corporations or stockholder-owned corporations. So that's what fuels their hatred of Medicare Advantage plans. In 2003, George W. Bush set up the destruction and privatization of Medicare. The end of real Medicare is getting closer every day, and Congress and Medicare's administrators are doing nothing. Last Friday, the Centers for Medicare Services, that's not even the CMS, it's not the Centers for Medicare Services, it's the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. They announced um, a fairly hefty increase in Medicare Part B premiums. Now, this article is a couple of years old, uh, but it shows the vitriol that this uh, this uh, war is bringing out in people on both sides of the aisle. Congress must stop these for-profit parasites who are steadily draining real Medicare of funds and resources while producing billions in profits and often outright stolen funds for the insurance industry. Ad, uh, Medicare Advantage is hurting traditional Medicare because that system is paying the insurance companies, in most cases, far more than it would be paying to simply cover the costs of its regular Medicare recipients. Um, let's see. Uh, Medicare Advantage is also one of the most effective ways that insurance companies can kill uh, Medicare for All, which is uh, a um, plan of the mm, the left of center people to replace all private health insurance with a government program. I don't like that. Um, I do applaud my my friends on the other side of the aisle for having 
disdain for Medicare Advantage plan, but I don't share the reason why. They don't like Medicare Advantage plans because they don't like private enterprise. They want the government to be in charge of everything. I don't like Medicare Advantage plans because the people who buy them are often led to disappointment. They're often promised the world and treated badly, and they have sometimes no recourse if they uh, wind up with a plan that does not function very well for them. Uh, Sometimes they're stuck. Sometimes they can move to a different Medicare Advantage plan that ultimately has the same shortcomings, but they're often not permitted to change to a Medicare supplement plan, which is a far superior type of uh, Medicare supplemental insurance. And it says here, for example, many Medicare Advantage plans promote an annual home visit by a nurse or physician's assistant as a benefit of the plan. What the companies are doing, though, is trying to upcode, meaning raise their payments from Medicare. Uh, They're trying to upcode these customers to make them seem sicker than they really are. Heart failure, for example, can be a severe and expensive condition to treat, or it can be a barely barely perceptible tick on an EKG that represents little or no threat to a person for years or even decades. Depression is similarly variable. If it lasts less than two weeks, there's no reimbursement. If it lasts longer than two weeks, it's called a major depressive episode, rapidly jacks up the risk score, and thus the payments to the insurance company, even if it provides no services. So those are just uh, the highlights of this article that talks about how evil Medicare Advantage plan um, administrators are. And I agree, but I don't agree for the same reason. So the war goes on and the Medicare Advantage people are right now, it looks like, making headway. But I'm hoping that uh, eventually enough of us will come to their senses to uh, begin fighting the fight. I know I'm, I fight the good fight every time I go out there. I talk to people about Medicare Advantage. My book talks about Medicare Advantage and the problems with it and the potential disappointments. And that's all I can do is spread the word to the extent possible. And Randy, I know you're in there with me, uh, hoping to drive those people out of business. Well, you know, I'm from the Midwest. Yes, you are. And you can drag a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> okay, that that I don't know how that's connected to what we well, were discussing. It's it in my mind. It's you can give them the information why Medicare Advantage plans are not the best idea or any idea at all, but yeah. they don't follow the orders. Well, one of the things that is is. Uh, Possibly a weapon against the Medicare Advantage is the plan that I always recommend to people, which is the high-value plan, the high-deductible, high-value Medicare supplement plan. That has a reduced cost, but it it has high protection, very little risk, very, very good, solid protection for people. If people were to explain the benefits of that plan, uh, then it would be a, a, a Medicare Advantage fighter, I think, uh, in many areas. Uh, it's quality doesn't come free, but if you can get it at a discount, then that becomes a pretty good deal. It just, I'm the only guy out there promoting it. (laughs) I know. And, and I've always thought that it was just would be a whole lot better if they would have dreamt up a different name for that method. Well, your name, 
your name is the one I've adopted, the high value plan, not high deductible. That That's a bad name. The high value plan is what you dreamed up, and I put it in my book. And now when people contact me and they say, I would like to take a look at the cost for the high value plan, I know they've read the book and I know that your idea has uh, benefited them. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I am. I really am glad to hear that. But you know what's happened? I'm afraid the passage of time is what's happened, right? The crickets have spoken. So we need to move on and bring the bus into the station or the train, as we were talking about in the earlier episode. But before well, I do. Since the curator is not here, I'll be uh, tearing into the Mrs. Fields cookies and milk oh, later on. Okay. That sounds good. That no, really it's, does sound good. It's going to be tasty. I, you have to get those done before they get stale, you know? Absolutely. They're individually wrapped in airtight packages. So I've got some time, but it will be my goal <laughs> to prevent staleness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, the things I like to talk about before we sign off for the day is, uh, you know, grab your pencil because Doug loves to hear from you and you may find out that you have a question. And you can reach him at the email address of dbj at mlmmailbag.com. That's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Or you could check us out on the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would also appreciate very much you taking the time to just give us a short review on the podcast and or the book, just a couple words is all it takes, but we do really appreciate it when you do. But before, and this is certainly not last but not least, I want to thank you all for joining us. You could have been a number of different places and you weren't. You were with us sharing a little bit of time with Doug and I on Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And if you'd like to know how much time, I have checked my wristwatch and we have spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He's camped out in the high mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And I think today I checked and he's working with his army surplus binoculars, <laughs> tracking down very carefully Medicare zombies the uh, the Medicare Advantage zombies because they they seem to be just once you get rid of them they're like cockroaches they just keep coming back they are I step on them every place I I can find them but yet there are always more but anyway thank thank you so much Randy and thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining us today I'll look forward to seeing you in our next gathering bye bye. <laughs>